0: Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Welcome to Three Stooges Throwback, the comprehensive, encyclopedic compendium of all things Three Stooges, from woman-haters to sappy bullfighters, from Curly to Shemp, and even to Joe. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and I'm looking at all 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the Three Stooges comedy team. Hello and welcome back once again to the Three Stooges Throwback Podcast. I am still your host, Gabriel Russo, and we are still going over the 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the comedy team, The Three Stooges. This is episode 35, covering the short Flat Foot Stooges. First things first, I use Wikipedia, IMDB, and threestooges.net. To find all of the tidbits for the episodes, and I usually watch them on Daily Motion or YouTube. I've read almost every book on the boys. Um, I am not an expert in any by any means. I probably make mistakes, uh, but I'm a fan, and so I use my own brain to formulate opinions on the shorts, and I regurgitate the opinions of others. With that being said, let's get on with the show. Flatfoot Stooges has a runtime of 15 minutes and 30 seconds, making it one of the shortest shorts by the boys. It was filmed over four days, from October 25th, 1938 to October 28th, 1938. It was released to a waiting public on December 5th, 1938, so we missed the anniversary by just a few days. But that would make it the final release from the Stooges in 1938 for a total of eight in the year. This is a shorter turnaround time than the last few, uh, at only around a month between shooting and release. So Curly, Larry, and Mo are the stars, obviously. We get a title card that says, quote, With Dick Curtis, Chester Conklin, and Lola Jensen, which is a little different. Giving credits is... uh Kind of on and off seemingly here. So produced by Charlie Chase and Hugh McCollum and directed by Charlie Chase with story and screenplay credits going to Charlie Chase. The supporting cast has some returning folks as well as some first-timers with the Stooges. We've got Chester Conklin who got featured credit. He's uh, Fire Chief Kelly. He had 307 credits to his name. He was a popular comedian who, uh, who when he was a kid, he won a recitation contest. So, reciting, you know, monologues or something. Uh, so, he won the contest and he ran away from home. Wow. Uh, this is a home where, when he was eight, his mother was found in the garden burned to death. So, no wonder he ran away from home. He was hired as Keystone Cop for Max Sennett at $3 a day in 1913. He did a series of films with Mabel Normand. Mabel Normand, I believe. She was huge. Um, she worked, he worked closely with Chaplin also, evidently. Max Sennett back then, he gave everyone their start. His name is always coming up. He did the Keystone Cops. He had one of the first movie studios out there. So we've got Lola Jensen as Cricket Kelly. Not much on Lola. Two stewed shorts. Around 20 total credits to her name. She passed in 2001. And uh, now I'm left wondering why she didn't work more. But oh well. Dick Curtis is Mr. Reardon. He was in 17 stewed shorts. And 241 movies and TV credits to his name. He was always a villain. But he did a lot of comedy because he was seen as being good at it. He had good timing. He was also one of the uh, crew members who tried to rescue Fay Ray in King Kong. Um, that is a film in which he was seriously injured and did not work for two years. Wow. So he and another cowboy actor helped develop Pioneer Town. Which is a movie set location where a number of westerns were shot. Uh, we'll have more on Town in some future episodes. Because that comes up a few times. So, look out for that. <laughs> uh, Kernan Cripps is the fireman at the Alarm. He had 258 acting credits. Eight of which were with the Stooges. But there's not a whole lot else about old Kernan. We've got Bruce Mitchell. He's the one that was reading the newspaper. He's got 160 acting credits, 69 credits for directing. He did three stewed shorts. His nickname was Brownie, so Brownie Mitchell. I don't know why. Harry Myers here has the binoculars. Poor guy died on Christmas Day in 1938. So just, uh, what's that? 20 days after the release of uh, of this picture here. His first on-screen work was in 1909. He was the drunk in Chaplin's City Lights. He was a, style, a silent star. He declined once talkies became popular. He had one solo uh, with Ted Healy and one Stooge shoot short, which is this one here, um, among his 337 credits. On to Heine Conklin. He's the traffic cop. He is uh, not related to the aforementioned Chester Conklin, but they were both Keystone Cops. Weird. He was in 43 stewed shorts and a staggering 501 credits. Uh, Chester Conklin was the more popular Keystone cop, just for anyone keeping score. <laughs> Uh, score one for Chester Conklin over Heine. Ed Brandenburg and Al Thompson are the volunteers here. Ed Brandenburg had step seven stooge shorts and I couldn't find anything else about him. Al Thompson is in 56 stooge shorts with 271 total credits. He was well known in the industry for doing difficult stunts. He had a career from 1919 until 1960. Wow. So, our story opens with Chester Conklin as the fire chief, arguing with uh, Dick Curtis here about whether or not horse-drawn fire wagons or horseless carriage wagons are the future. The chief is mad about Curtis trying to sell him a gas-powered fire engine. New. He says, new fan-dangled, fang-dangled fire engines and things. <laughs> Lola Jensen comes in with a loving cup in her hands. Uh, she's the chief's daughter. The cup is for the boys at engine number one who sold the most tickets to the picnic. Give them credit. They sure are a wide awake lot, he says. So we cut to the boys and they are fast asleep, sleeping at the station. Mo is in the middle of this time. Usually it's either Curly or Shemp when the time comes for him. But Mo's in the middle here. The bell goes off and they leap into action, you know. Curly. Curly says he's been waiting six months for a fire. And there's some wordplay here that I missed, but Mo says if he had a necktie, I'd hang ya. <laughs> so they try to get dressed and they end up with uh, one leg in each other's pants all kind of stuck in a circle. That was kind of funny. Mo tells the others to go uh, different directions and that'll get them out of this. There's a funny little bit where Mo says, we'll have to start from scratch and Curly scratches his chest. Mo slaps him. Curly's indignant and he says, you said it. You said it. The bell is still going off, and the two firemen downstairs are like, what is going on up there? The other one says, you'll get used to it. It goes on like this every morning. So Larry jumps on the pole, and Mo yanks him back up by the hair, just like they did in False Alarms. It's funny, he jumps, just grabs him and pulls him straight back up. Curly jumps on the pole, and Mo goes for his hair, but obviously. So Curly sticks out his tongue, and Mo conks him on the head, and down he goes... So the boys run around shouting orders as, uh, the firemen at the phone are just watching them sitting there. Curly's very excited about something above. He says, remember, you just gotta pull the string, he says. You know, he keeps looking up above like the fire truck. So they lead the horses to the front and, uh, Mo notices cause it's a four, it's a horse drawn, you know, fire engine. So they lead the horses to the front and Mo notices the other firemen are just sitting and he asks, he says, what's up? You guys are just sitting there, you know. Bruce Mitchell with the newspaper says, Why don't you guys wake up? Mo says, Why should we? I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> Which is pretty good. He's got a good expression too in that scene. So, uh, he says, The other guy says, Alarm clocks are supposed to wake people up, ain't they? And, uh, Mo, Mo looks embarrassed and says, Well, that's, that's neither here nor there. But Larry goes to shut it off. He stands at the pole and he just goes up like he's magic. Zoom. So Moe asks Curly what is hanging from the ceiling. And uh, we learn why Curly was so excited and kept looking up there. So you pull the string, and the harnesses just drop right from above onto the horses. And then they're just ready. And Moe says, "I'll, well, they'll just drive themselves to the fire, I suppose. And Curly says, if they don't, I'll be terribly disappointed. <laughs> Moe grabs him and starts bullying him, and Curly's reaction is great. He's mad and fussing at Moe. It's funny stuff. Mo tells him to hold still and tilts his head. Curly says, just, oh, are you gonna give me something? Just as Mo punches him, or goes to punch him, Larry comes down the pole and, uh, gets punched instead. Mo says, ah, oh, you always button in, huh? <laughs> Larry says, I'm a victim of circumstance. And the, uh, the fire bell goes on, uh, goes again. Larry forgot to turn it off. He looks all sheepish and says, I feel so silly. Ha <laughs> ha! Moe smiles at him, but then he bonks him on the knee, hits him in the chin, and Larry goes flying up again, you know, upstairs. But this time it's a real fire alarm, so they, they leap into action again. Mitchell is telling them to be quiet, he can't hear the chief. And we learn the chief has relayed a message about a prize at the picnic for the best looking team of horses. So they, uh, the boys are like, we'll clean them so good your mother won't know you. <laughs> Curly says, uh, and you won't recognize them. Moe has a better idea to clean the horses, and we cut to them walking across the street into the Turkish bath. Um, Annie and Fanny are the horses, and they are all in the steam room together, getting a nice sweat. Curly says, yeah, I can afford to lose a little. He's too pleasant. I'm too pleasantly plump as it is. So we cut to one horse is laying down, and Moe and Larry are giving her the rub down. Larry says, should I use peppermint? Moe says, no, spearmint. Nothing but the best for her. Curly's cleaning the other horse's hoof like he's shining a shoe, you know. Like snapping the, the cloth and buffing it. It neighs at him and he says, uh, you know, we're not supposed to flirt with the customers all shy like. Eh. Uh, Mo cracks her neck weirdly, the horse's neck. and makes a big crack sound. So we cut to Dick Curtis. He's sneaking around outside of the building with a can of black powder. That's leaking out of the bottom. Just like uh, from a Yosemite Sam bit in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's leaving a trail. A duck is following him. Just wandering along behind him. Eating the gunpowder. So, uh... Curtis drops the keg of gunpowder down the steam exhaust of the horse-drawn fire engine. He wants to sabotage it, you know, and sell one of these new-fangled engines. Gas-powered engine. But, uh... Lola Jensen sees him. She's cricket, you know, she sees him and she confronts him and he tries to explain. But she's going to call her father. And uh, she uh he tries to stop her and she punches him right in the face. He chases her upstairs uh, as this short takes on an exciting turn, you know. He ends up tripping on the cot and gets knocked out. The next thing we see is uh, the duck from before. He flies up and he lands on the windowsill. And uh, she's getting a wet cloth to help wake up Dick Curtis, you know, who knocked himself out. I don't know why she would help him. He was just chasing her with violent intentions. So the duck lays an egg while it's sitting there on the sill, and it falls on the floor and explodes because of the black powder. Ah! She screams and falls and gets knocked out herself. Um, the explosion from the egg now has caught the drapes on fire. And both people are knocked out cold. This is a very thrilling short for the boys here with danger all around. So the boys walk the horses out of the bath, you know, and a crowd ooze and haws over them. Eh, they're dressed in these like almost like showgirls outfits with feathers and whatnot on their hats and stuff. So meanwhile, the fire is spreading. They uh, They walk into the station and smoke is pouring out of the upstairs windows and nobody notices. Mo finally smells some smoke and he tells the others to sniff and they all make a show of doing it, you know. Curly says, I don't smell anything, especially smoke. They see a mouse and Mo thinks that, uh, that is what he smells. Oh, it must have been that mouse. What? Curly says, well, that's the first mouse I smelled that smells like fire. And Larry goes to get Butch, which is a cat, I assume. Mo gets a little tongue twisted here and messes up some words. He mushes, uh, Curly's face. Curly gets all mad and he says, It's, you know, all tough. Turns out Mitch is a bulldog. He fast motions under the cupboard and there is a fight, we hear, rough, you know, and so the dog is thrown out from under it and just like somebody from under there just tosses this dog out. Poor guy. He isn't hurt, you know, but it didn't look great. Anyway. Uh Mo says, We need a trap. Curly has one, and it's a bear trap. Mo chases him out. says, What? So Harry Myers now, he's got the binoculars. He looks at the smoke and he raises the alarm. The whole second floor is engulfed in flames now. And uh, the boys get ready to fight the fire. They bring the horses to the front and they pull the string. And the horses race into the street and away. <laughs> Inside we see Larry and Curly wearing the halters and stuff. They say, we'll pull the engine ourselves. But the fire's upstairs, they don't realize. So they start pulling the engine outside and uh, Mo fires up the steam, and they off they go down the street. So there's chaos at the intersection when the traffic cop, Heine Conklin, stops them and makes them wait. And uh, they all stand there arguing, and then the engine explodes from the black powder that was in there, the sabotage. So they get on another wagon, but it's all too much weight, and it collapses. So the boys look at each other, and they all exclaim, I got an idea. And they run, and the three of them pull the top rung off a fence. And they run off with it. Moe's claiming this is my brainchild. <laughs> Curly says you aren't even married. The fence rung is propping up one side of the wagon that collapsed, and uh, they and they're holding it. And they all run off down the street on three wheels and holding this thing. So the fire is raging as uh, Dick Curtis wakes up. He shouts for help out the window, and uh, Chester is driving the wagon and realizes that they're going the wrong way. He says, "Throw it in reverse, men." curly says we're doing a corrigan we'll get more on that in a few minutes they finally get to the fire and uh curtis is going to jump out the window when lola opens the door no curtis is going to jump out the window when lola opens the other window and they take the uh catchy thing the like big you know sheet or whatever they uh they catch her they take that over to catch her as she leaps and she is saved and he climbs out of the hole in the ground from when he landed. Because he, he he was going to jump. So she points him out. And uh, the boys give chase. But they fall in the crater. Moe was ready to let him have it. Like this. And he hit Curly. Larry says, I wasn't looking. Like what? And Moe hits him. Curly shouts, he's coming back. And they all climb out. As uh, we fade to black with a very odd ending to this one. It's very strange. So this is the first short to use Three Blind Mice as the theme music, although it won't become regular, the regular theme song, until uh, We Want Our Mummy in 1939. Flatfoot Stooges is a pun on a 1938 jazz song, The Flatfoot Floogie with the Floy Floy. The Flatfoot Floogie with the Floy Floy by Slim Gallard. <laughs> The flat foot flugie with the floy floy. I like that. Well, I mentioned earlier that there is a line that is messed up or whatever. And, um, it seems that the boys are shown saying dialogue incorrectly in this short on several times, several occasions. They would just flub a line, you know, but, uh, like, like it happens, but it was because Charlie Chase was so, um, in a rush. He rushed through directing his shorts so that they could come in ahead of schedule all the time so that he would got a good, you know, he got a good reputation for coming in ahead of schedule on his shorts. Although maybe the quality control slipped a bit. He rarely stopped for uh, retakes. And this one had some really fast patter for, for a stude short. And so there you go. So the Corrigan. When Cor- Curly says that they have to turn around, you know, and he says we have to make a U-turn. And so Curly says we're doing a Corrigan. He is referencing... Douglas Wrongway Corrigan, who had recently returned from a transcontinental flight from Brooklyn, New York to Long Beach, California. Instead of of landing in California, like he was supposed to, he just kept on going and he went to Ireland. Uh turns out he did not actually make a mistake, uh which Curley is referencing. He was denied permission to fly nonstop from New York to Ireland, and his error was seen as deliberate. So he got a big like he just pretended, oh, I made a mistake, and kept on going to Ireland, even though he was told he couldn't. He never admitted that he that so he got a bigger parade than Lindbergh though when he uh, on his transcontinental flight. Larry's line uh, when he says, "I'm a victim of circumstance." This is the first time anyone other than Curly says this. We've got right before the egg explodes. It takes a second for the flame to ignite. And then that's another instance of uh, Chase not wanting to reshoot to get it right and just get the timing just a little bit, you know, better. Moe's blown line that I referenced before um, is what to do. What do you expect a fire mouse? I mean, a firehouse mouse to smell like, a petunia? A firehouse mouse, and he says a fire mouse. I mean, it's just a mini thing, but it, you know, he could have taken two minutes to go back and record it again. Curly's blown line is the horse, uh, falls on the harness, on the harness. I mean, the harness falls on the horses. <laughs> this short is wild and weird with the exploding egg, um, the danger of the fire, you know, that's just kind of, it's way more intense than, you know, than most, than a lot of other ones. We've got the the blown lines, we've got lots of sped up footage. This one gets a 7.9 on threestooges.net. I'm not quite as impressed, and so I'm gonna go with a 7 on this one. It's pretty unspectacular in my opinion. Still had some funny moments, don't get me wrong. It is a different sort of a short, which is nice. I I mean, you can't, you can't fault them for that. I like, they gotta try all different things. The ending in particular is really weird though so where they try to run away as Curtis is coming back what was it's like something got cut or something like you know for time again I don't know like and he just said ah forget it we don't need the end we don't need that last scene we're just done I don't know if that's the case or not it left me a little flat that's all not terrible a seven I think that is going to do it for this episode tune in next time when we will look at the next short Three little so-and-sos. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the nice messages about the podcast. You can go to anchor.fm if you want to make a podcast. Like I always say, it's a great free site. It takes all of the guesswork out of making your podcast. They've just introduced like uh, video casting and stuff. I'm going to start looking into that. Maybe you'll get to watch me as I babble. <laughs> Um, they make it easy to make a little bit of cash on the side, you know, it's, so, you know, there's no harm in that. And there's no data limit. Please rate and review the show if you like it. Go to iTunes if that's where you listen to it, wherever you get it from. Rate and review the show. Send me an email if you want to. Apparently it really helps the uh, algorithms if you rate and review. So we're trying to get more listeners here, trying to branch out. If you're not a fan, like I always say, please just leave it alone. We don't need the one-star reviews or the, you know, blah, blah, blah on social media. (sighs) So anyway, I have been your host, as always, and Chief Knucklehead, Gabe Russo, broadcasting from Stood Studios at the back of the house. Still the same place as last time, though. Stood Studios in the bathroom. See you next time. Bye.